0: Viendo los hermanos de José, que su padre era muerto, dijeron, quizás nos aborrecerá José y nos dará el pago de todo el mal que le hicimos. Y enviaron a decir a José, tu padre mandó antes de su muerte, diciendo así, así diréis a José, te ruego que perdones ahora la maldad de tus hermanos y su pecado, porque mal te trataron, por tanto, Ahora te rogamos que perdones la maldad de los siervos del Dios de tu padre. Y José lloró mientras hablaba. Vinieron también sus hermanos y se postraron delante de él y dijeron: Hemos, hemos aquí por siervos tuyos. Y le respondió José: No temáis. Acaso estoy yo en lugar de Dios? Vosotros pensasteis mal contra mí, mas Dios Lo encaminó al bien, a bien, para hacer lo que vemos hoy, para mantener en vida a muchos pueblos ahora. Pues no tengáis miedo, yo os sustentaré a vosotros y a vuestros hijos. Así los consoló y les habló al corazón.
1: 上世纪五十章十五到二十一节约瑟的哥哥们见父亲死了就说或者约瑟怀恨我们照着我们以前带他一切的恶足足地报复我们以前你哥哥们恶待你求你饶恕他们的过犯和罪恶以前你们的意思是要害我
2: When your message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intend to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I'll provide for you and your children. And he assured them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of our Lord?
3: All right. Good morning, church. Are you there? Good morning. Thank you, wife. <laughs> you know, as we're singing, um, thank you for the worship, by the way. Um, so that yeah, this that one song, "Power in the Name of Jesus," and song talking about raising up a mighty army. You know, um, I've never been in the military, so I don't know what that's like. But, but just it just, maybe it was God talking to me, but it's like, this is what we see here is the army, the spiritual army that God is raising up. Whether you feel like that or not, or, you know, from the outside we look out and like, wow, they're a bunch of young people. <laughs> and, you know, some are committed, some are not, and, you know, a lot of empty seats, and, and people are this and that. And it's like, how could that be an army? However, God sees what we do not see. He, he knows you. He sees what you will be. And so I, I think that that song just came to me. Just, just, it just hit in the right place to say, all right. So my job this morning is to, is to uh, bring God's word to his army. Whether you decided to be a soldier of God or not, if you're a Christian, you are enlisted and so these are words not just to say, okay, these are good things to do on Sunday, but, but I think they, they will be fuel for your spiritual soul because God's calling you to things that you, you just have no idea what he wants to do through you. And so our job and our gathering actually this morning is to make that happen. So it was just a good reminder uh, from the Holy Spirit to share with you as we begin, all right? So if you've been here last week... Uh, do you have? Oh, there you go. Thank you, Hank. <laughs> so, this is what we're going to do emotional, what is it? Emotionally healthy spirituality, all right? Um, so, this is from Peace Gazzaro's uh, ministry that's come out of New Life Fellowship. They've been around for maybe 20, maybe 30 years of this ministry. It's just it's really gaining ground now. And I, again, I, I looked at this about 10 years ago. And I'm looking at it with fresh eyes again, and it's very appropriate for us at this point. So the month of November, uh, all the stuff I'm, I'm sharing with you is from this material, and we as a church cannot go to these conferences. You don't have time, so I'm bringing the conference to you in a way. And so I'm just highlighting the major teachings from this ministry to us that we need at Edge City, because if God is going to build us up and... And bring us to a place where he can use us for this grand vision that he gave as City. Um, you know, it is absolutely for us, and we need to take that in today, all right? So last week, I gave a bit of an introduction. And basically, you know, um, uh, we're... It was kind of a negative sermon in a way, and quite confusing in some points. But basically, you know, we're mature, not... not, not of age, but emotionally. And if we're emotionally immature, then that has a direct relationship in our spiritual walk. And uh, Peace Cazaro says, it is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And that's the basis of this whole um, uh, ministry here. And today, I just want to go to the next step. I entitled this, and this is one of the big Major topic in this um, teaching is breaking through the wall. All right, so let's figure out what that is. Um, what does spiritual immaturity look like? And I wonder if we can judge ourselves. So what I did was I decided, uh, you guys like tests, of course you do, because you want to see how well you're doing. That girl likes the test because she's a teacher. <laughs> all right, so now I'm a teacher today, and I made a little test for you. So all of you, please. You're invited, and I'm gonna give you ask you four questions. There are multiple choice questions. You like multiple choice questions? You get one out of four, you know, you get 25%. Right? So so we're gonna we're gonna do this test together. I'm gonna read a question, and you get to choose the answer. And and there is a right answer, by the way. However, um um and as before I ask you this question. I want you to answer it in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud because we don't want to, you know, you don't want to expose yourself. But, but, but answer with your, and, and, and putting, put into mind your first answer. Just like when you take the SAT, guys, a lot of high school kids, go with your first instinct. <laughs> so remember your, you know, there is, quote, the better answer or the right answer, but go with your first instinct. And remember that because it's going to be important, all right? Um, first question. You feel spiritually dry and not feeling God at church. So what do you do? A, you quit everything in the church. B, you fast and pray. C, you stay close to God. Or D, you seek help from brothers and sisters. What do you do? do, do, do. Don't say anything. <laughs> just just hold <laughs> that yard, <you> okay? <laughs> Question number two. Now you feel burnt out serving church. Oh, gosh, we've been there. Number one, what do you do? A, you take a break and not serve. B, assess priorities in your life. C, examine your prayer life or Bible reading. See if that's happening. Or D, check if relationships are strained. Think about that. And, you know, if church, serving at church and stuff is not relevant, think about your workplace, you know, and, and people you have to deal with, all right? Anyway, third question, you have issues with someone in your community group or at work or wherever you're, you are at. What do you do? A, not go anymore. <laughs> B, examine your own heart of to see why. C, stay with where you are, your group or whatever, and you persevere. D, Find a way to reconcile with that person that is crazy annoying you. you got an answer for that? Okay, last question. Uh, you have problems in your family, whether you know, it be teenagers or maybe in your, uh, if you're married, you have marital problems or maybe finance, whatever. You have family problems. But you know what? It's going to leak out and people gonna, it's going to come out. So what do you do? A, you start to attend church less and less. B, share with your community group what is really going on. C, go seek help, seek counseling. Or D, pray and ask for people, pray first and ask for others to help with prayer. So you got an answer for that? All right. Now, um, you know, whether you got all the questions or not, but... this is kind of... Because I'm the teacher, I, I, can, I can trick you, right? Now, of all the uh, situations that I gave, and these are just general situations that a lot of people, all of us go through. Um, whether you said it or not, the first choices, choice A, which is quitting, taking a break, uh, you know, just hiding. Yeah, all the first... The, all the A questions... Are signs of Im- emotional immaturity, um, especially in the church context. When these, when when you choose, you would not choose that because you're not, in, you know, you're not supposed to. So you'll never say it. But in your heart, or maybe you thought it, that, that uh, those option A is something that you would do, which is the quote cool, easy way out. That shows that that that. Um, what emotional immaturity that Pete Scazzaro is talking about. All right? And, and, and let me just go a little bit here that if we choose not to deal with those uncomfortable situations, you know, then what he would say is that, that we will be hitting a wall. And I showed you, I'm gonna show you a wall here, okay? <laughs> because we need to have a, a, a glimpse of what, what, what Pete is talking about. D- that 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 we come to these walls, these uncomfortable situations, life, you know, whatever, and and if we don't deal with it, if our, our options are only a, kind of kind of not go through the wall, but just kind of revert or hide, then then we're going to be ignoring this. And if we do this, if there's always this wall in front of us and we can't seem to pass it, then it's going to hinder our spiritual health. Why? Because we're Emotional, emotionally immature to handle it, which is also unhealth. So, so, so this is what Pete Scazzaro is saying. So he's talking about this wall in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, this whole program. This language of the wall means, all right, that it means that, that every one of us, when we face, it is a crisis, and we all will face it one day, if not now, or have faced it. And, and this crisis is so bad that it could potentially turn your life upside down. So these are, these are real walls that, that all of us, and especially if you're a follower of Jesus, you will face soon, one day. Um, and what is that? If, you're, if you've ever felt this wall in your life, if you come up against it, what's it feel like? It's like being in a season when you feel stuck. As a Christian, you know you're supposed to pray. You know you're supposed to you know, do all these spiritual things, read the Bible, but, but it's hard, right? Uh, it feels like you're stuck with your walk with Jesus. You're not growing spiritually. Emotionally, you're not alive in God. Spiritually, you're stunted. And, and, and if you feel like that, that means you're feeling what the, the wall, that, that you're facing the wall. That's what emotionally healthy spirituality is all about. Now, walls, he also says, are different from trials. James says, if you you know experience different trials, then you know uh, you deal with it and you can overcome it. But but I was saying that this, the wall that we face is very different from trials. Trials are things that we deal with everyday life, like getting caught in traffic jams. I mean. You know, I'm so glad that we moved closer to church. It's only like maybe less than five miles away. But, but, but I have to admit, every day I come from home to church, not on Sunday because, you know, there's no traffic, but, but usually that's a trial for me. It's like two-lane highway, and then when I go to the right lane, uh, they want to take a right, and they slow down. So I move to the left lane, and then they slow down, and I'm stuck. Anyway, do you know? Anyway. I just have to share that because that's a trial for me. Monday through Friday is always a trial. No, Monday's my Sabbath. I'm not supposed to be working. Anyway, Tuesday through Friday, it is trial after trial. Maybe you're not dealing with that, but maybe you have annoying co-workers. I'm sure you do. Maybe if you're flying, your plane gets delayed or get, your car breaks down. Whatever. Kids get sick and all that. Those are trials. We have to overcome those things. But when when we're talking about walls. Oh my goodness. They're, they are more acute. These, these are life-altering events that could potentially derail you in many ways. For instance, divorce, job loss, death, cancer, disillusionment in the church, betrayal, shattered dreams. I mean, you go on and on, right? This is just an example And there's a lot of things that can derail us, that can bring us to a wall. And when we hit a wall, this is for everybody, it leads us, our first reaction is, is, is what just happened? And and if you stay there and you don't get passed through this wall, according to Scazzaro, then it could leave your relationship with God in a very dry place. Um. It may be that in this wall that you discover for the very first time, or just a recurring fear, that perhaps your faith in God, perhaps God himself, doesn't really work in your life. Maybe it's not true, right? Maybe when you hit this kind of situation in the wall, you have more questions than can be answered by faith. And, it, and 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 guess what faith is losing you see and that's why we we started this church i i brought to you uh, this mind of this nun category who are leaving the church at dro- in droves saying checking none of the above i affiliate with no religious affiliation and people are leaving the church because because I, I think this is what's happening a lot of people in the church who are not mature, emotionally mature, who have not broken through the wall, they said this is not working for me, and just, and just escaping and, and, and leaving. Not because the Bible's wrong, not because that Jesus is not God, it's not any of that. It's just that experientially, it doesn't work for them. And, and a lot of you guys may be here, and, and that's why this is very important for us, especially at this early stage of our church plans. And we keep forgetting that we're still a church plant. Just because God gave us a building, we have nice chairs to sit in, doesn't mean we can relax. This is a, a plant. That means we're, we're, we're infants. We've got to grow. And we're, most, a lot of us want to just check out now. No, 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 no. no. Is, God is just now raising you up to be this army and and you're going to hit a wall you've already hit the wall even before you came to that city it's not time to give up now in fact scazzaro says that oftentimes 85% of evangelical Christians do not break through this wall which is the reason why there's a spiritual crisis in the church today okay and, then, and I tell you, I don't think many Christians, even myself too, is that no one has taught me these kinds of things. We don't know how to break through this wall. Not only that, we don't even realize we're in this wall and getting just hitting against it. And, and it's just, it's just, it's not helping us, you know? Well, let me say one more thing before we get into this passage. There's good news because there is a way to break through this wall. And that's what we all need right now, no matter what stage of Christianity or a maturity that we are all in. And in fact, this is what he says. He has his diagram, right? He says spiritual life is like these various stages. And this is what he teaches. Stage one is like uh, some of you who just became a Christian, got baptized, and everything's exciting. You have an awareness of God, and you begin that relationship with God, and that's great. And that's what we will continue to do in our evangelism. Stage two is that as you're growing in Christ, you know, we're calling discipleship because that's what our church is all about. You're learning about God, you're learning how to go deep with God, and learning how to be a disciple, all right? Uh, And that's important. And so, what happens is stay away from Pastor Benue, but what he does is in stage three, he grabs you and says, Do something. Okay, he's not here, so I can say that, right? So he makes you work, 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 work. Everybody's like, "I'm tired," but that's what we do, you know. You're supposed to do that because that's natural stage. You, you know, once you become a spiritual child and a teenager, you can't just sit around and do nothing. You got to work, go get a job, go study, do something, right? And so, spiritual is the same thing too. And they they serve and become part of the ministry. And a lot of churches are in that stage of one, two, and three, and so are we. But here is something that you don't you forget. This is this is true in scripture, and I'm glad, uh, Piscozar was able to bring this out because to go from stage three to stage four, because stage four is a journey to become deeper. A a, a mature disciple of Jesus, but it comes from inside. But before you get mature, before you really get to know God and be intimate with Him, you gotta go through a wall. And that stinks!
0: Oh, I hate
3: that. Uh, Because according to his diagram, to go from, you know, outer superficial Christianity, you know, this is what we do. Look, I'm spiritual. I do all this stuff. To go from that to a decontemplative, really grounded man and woman of God, that no matter how, what life, you know, gives them, you know, just whatever, whatever happens to them, they're still solid. They're still grounded. To get to that, it's called transformation, by the way. You got to get through the wall. So so what he does is that to get past the wall it goes from outward Christianity to an inward Christianity and in fact it is a journey and and the good news is that it's possible to get through this wall but the bad news is that in your Christian life you got to get through several walls oh, (laughs) I thought one cataclysmic event was enough. No, the reason why God loves you so much, he's going to give you another wall and maybe another wall and another wall along the way in your journey because you need to be broken. And that's how, that's what we are. But but a lot of people see this wall and instead of going through it, you know what they do? They exit. Or they're stuck at stage three, revert to stage one, and just chill in stage one, just and just kind of there. That's the worst thing for the kingdom, because God did not save us to warm our seats, but he's, he saved us to create an army. But you can't be an army unless you pass through this wall. And my friends, my brothers and sisters, this is what our task is, we i got to show you. we got to do this together. we got to break through this wall. Again, the good news is that it is possible. That's why I'm talking about it. I just want to show you that we can be stuck. And I think a lot of you are stuck here. There are too many walls there. And so what do you do in these, uh, that quiz I gave you? We all circle choice A. <laughs> because that's what, you may, that may not be the right answer, but we choose it because it's the easy thing to do. But once God leads you out of the wall, through the wall to stage five, you know what happens in stage five, just to finish this picture? It looks like stage three. You're also serving again. You're also getting busy, going to missions, doing stuff, cleaning the floor, doing all these busy things again. But it's different, because you are now doing it from... Uh, sense of renew, sense of purpose from an inward perspective that you know God. There's a whole different way of serving versus stage three. Stage three, you serve to be busy so that you can get noticed by people and get noticed by God. Stage five, after you break through the walls, you start doing, serving, doing all these things because you know God, because you honor God. It's a huge different uh, motivation. Then, of course, six, you live the Christian life, and you transform, and you get to bless others. So, having said all that, how do you break through the wall? And the answer is, you have to journey through the wall. And, and, and I hate that word again, it's that journey. You know what a journey is? It takes a long time. <laughs> I wish it could be just like that. They, they could be like the Incredible Hulk, and just, and just, it goes away, and ta-da, you get to the other side. It's not like that. It is a journey through the wall. Not around it, not under, over. You have to go through it, but it's a process. And that's why we're looking at Genesis 50. You know, out of all the stories that we could pick, Joseph. It's not the exclusive, but he gives a good example of, of how one gets through the wall. And let me just go through this real quickly. He's a great example because he not only confronted a wall like this, but he was able to get through it. And let me tell you something. It's not just one wall. If you know the story of Joseph, there were many, many, multiple walls. He didn't just have trials in his life. He had these thick walls in his life. For instance, I see four things real quickly. Even before we get to Genesis 50, which is the last chapter, the, the end of the story, uh, his story begins, and if you know his story, uh, this is, these are some of the walls that he had to face. First, at the age of 17 how many of you are 17 years old? OK, one fake 17, two fake 17s. <laughs> Imagine your brothers there you have a lot, and they decided throw you away. If anything happens like that, we'll be messed up for for life. His brothers threw him into a well, into a cistern, when he was 17, uh, so that uh, 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 they would have no more relationship with him, and he's in this hole. And what is he feeling? Shocked. He's feeling fearful because he's never been away from home before. Helpless because no one is helping him. Rejected, obviously, because his brothers rejected him, and, and, and he has no control. His life is out of control. How do you feel, guys, if you ever felt that? That's enough to ruin you. Even if uh, a few days later they brought him back, he would be ruined emotionally. That's how, that's how it is. But not only that, but he got sold to the Egyptians for a two year wage. I'm only worth two years of years worth of a, wage. Yes, and he and his brothers took the money, and he was left, he, he was forced out of home, and he went to Egypt. All right. And not only that, but he was lied to. And 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 uh, they they told his father, the brothers told his father that, that Joseph died. There's a separation. You're talking about a life that's turned upside down twice now he's now in Egypt, in a foreign country that has never been. He doesn't know anyone. What do you do? You can't trust anyone. Not only that, you wonder, what is, something must be wrong with me to be deserving this kind of fate. Maybe God does not even like me. Why am I in this situation, right? These are normal thoughts. Not only that, he gets sold to a rich man named Potiphar, he's doing his duty, and then he gets accused of sexual harassment, and it was, he was incarcerated falsely in a foreign land. What that means is that you go to jail, you have no advocate. Without representation, you don't have family support, you don't have friends, you have nobody, and everyone is against you. Even if Mr. Potiphar thought that you were innocent, he's not going to do anything for you. So you're stuck. Another wall. I mean, how would, you you know, you're the 17-year-old kid. Now you're growing and decades now passing by. Are you, like, breaking through the wall? No, the wall seems to get thicker and thicker and thicker. Lastly, he finally goes to jail, falsely accused. And, 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 and he feels betrayed in jail. His inmate says, I promise once I get out, I'm going to get you, man. Thanks for helping me out. What does he do? Years go by, two, at least two years, could be more. Uh, he's still stuck in jail. So th- these are the walls that Joseph uh, has faced in his life. From the age of 17, and, and if you look at uh, Joseph's story, By the time he was prime minister of Egypt, he was about 40, late 30, 40 years old. I mean, those are the tender years of a young man's life. That's when you get to know yourself. That's when you grow intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and and you get a career, right? These these are formidable years, but he lost it all. The walls and walls after walls uh, are in him right now. And what does he do? Statistically, statistically. What? how how should Joseph turn out? And if I could give you uh, the quiz again, A, B, C, and D, that's the question. How would a person like that turn out? A, and let me tell you something. There are a whole bunch of uh, A choices, because remember, uh, the A choices is what we would normally do. The typical thing is he would be absolutely a bitter man, and he's 40 years old. You go through those walls, what happened? And, and even if you come out of that and become successful, you're supposed to be bitter. You say, God, where was he when I went through this? Forget him. That's what, a, that's what kind of person he should be. He would also, another choice is that he would have family issues, of blame brothers, blame everybody for his misfortune, right? He would, he would not trust any authority. Because all the authority in his life put him through the most miserable conditions. His brothers, you know, uh, even when he got hired by Potiphar and his wife and the jailer, everyone was against him. So, of course, he has no respect for authority. I mean, you think about this. Those are the choices that Joseph has. And it's very natural for him to choose A, even though it's the wrong answer, just like all of us. A is the wrong answer, but that's how it typically should be. But if you are a Christian, and if you know God, you don't, you don't have to be stuck. Even though the walls are there, there is a choice. Did you know that? And that's why the choice that I gave you, A, was typical, but there's only two choices. The choice is A or the rest of the, because the other... B, C, and D, they're they're the same things, things that we should do. So you do choose A, you get stuck, or the other choice that Joseph has and the other choice that you have is no matter how hard things are, you hang on to any evidence of faith, any understanding of Scripture that you learned, that you hoped in, you hang on to that, and you wait. This is how you journey through the wall. You wait. You know, Psalmist says, you know, um, you know, I wait uh, for the for the dawn. For, for for for, you know, just like a child weaning from his mother, I wait for the morning. I wait for you, cause it's hard. It's hard. Joseph, from what seventeen minus. 40 minus 17. Anyway, that's a long time. (laughs) I can't do the math right now. Because I'm... Anyway. He waited (laughs) a long time. Waited for the dawn to come up. Can you believe that? You have a choice. That's what it means to journey through this wall. Okay, Genesis 50. Okay, we read... 15 to 18, right? And that's the story about his brothers. Now, now, here's the rest of the story. Joseph becomes prime minister of Egypt, second to Pharaoh. And his brothers realize, oh my gosh, my brother is the one who, you know, um, I have to uh, listen to. And, and, and what, the brothers also went through the stages. They have a wall, and this wall is called guilt, their conscience. They killed the youngest brother. They thought they'll never see him again. And now a new wall comes. Oh my gosh, he's not only alive, but he has the authority to kill us now from all the wrong things that we've done. So what do the brothers do? How did they break through the wall? And here's the answer. If we, When we read from verses 15 through 18, the answer is they did not break through the wall. And in fact, they were, they were living out of fear and trembling. And if you look at the dialogue, please forgive your transgression. Not only that, I think they lied. They said, oh, by the way, Joseph, your daddy <clears throat> who loves you told us to forgive us, to, you know, for you to forgive us. And they, he, what did they do? They go back to their old ways. They cheat. They lie. They live in anxiety and fear, and rightly so. And this is how they do it. Um, Joseph's wall was very different. I mean, I mean the walls are the same, but, but Joseph's reaction to his brother is very, very different. How do we, how do, we do this? It's not easy. Let me quote uh, one thing that Peace Cazaro says, and I think it's pretty good. He says, ultimately, God is the one who moves, moves us through the wall because I haven't really told you how this happens. I wish I could just tell you how it happens, but, but it's not that easy. He says, God is the one who takes us through this journey, through the wall. And, he, and here's another thing I don't like to see, but it says, and he, with that comes mystery. <laughs> mystery means you got to believe God. You got to trust God. Mystery means you can't figure it out yourself. Let me continue. How and when God takes us through is up to Him. Isn't that something? But here's what you can do. We make choices. Listen very carefully. If you're at a wall right now, this is what we need to do. You, We make choices to do what? To trust God, to wait on God, to obey God, to stick with God, to remain faithful When everything in us wants to choose A, which is to quit and run. Got it? But if you want to grow, if you want to be used by the king for his kingdom here on earth, you have to look at the last line, but it is his slow, deep work of transformation in us, not ours. Um the wall allowed Joseph to be see at, at every stage when he hit the wall he had a choice to make and he made that choice to stick with God and every time he did that you know what it did it allowed him to be detached from his situation from the anger against his brothers from all the authorities for all the negative voices that the demon was probably saying to him in his mind he was able to detach that so that he could cling on to what he remembered what god said about him and how did he know what god said about him because for 17 years he was daddy's favorite remember he was spoiled little brat but not only that but God, but Jacob, you know, uh, loved Joseph, and he shared a Bible with him. Remember your grandfather. Remember your great-grandfather. Remember God's purpose for you. And remember the dream that you had, the stars and the sheaves of wheat bowing down. There's a purpose. So, so, so the father just, just doted on him with scripture and love and prayer. And, and, and 20, 30 years after that, when he is hitting the wall. You know what he did? He remembered God's word. He didn't have a Bible with him. Are you kidding me? He remembered, and that's what got him through. He chose to believe the things of God when he was going through the wall. The wall cuts off our attachment to who we ought to be. And and the walls happen, and God gives us these walls so that it'll test you in a way to say, who are you? Are you a product of your situation, or are you really a child of God? Um, And when you choose Christ, friends, you know what happens? Then you get past the wall, and you meet Jesus, and then the Christ in you slowly emerges this is amazing because I think that's when you really get born again. Again. (laughs) It's called transformation. When you become a Christian, you're not a transform. You're just a new person in Christ. You go to heaven. But to be really a Christian, a person who is going to be for his kingdom and mature in Christ, who is emotionally healthy, is only those who go through the wall. There's no doubt we will hit a wall if you haven't already. Some of you, in fact, I, th- I know a lot of the stor- your stories, you guys are in the wall and everybody wants to choose A and I say, don't choose A. Let's, let's go through the other ones. They're hard, they're impossible. You don't want to do it. You don't want to reconcile. You don't want to do right things. You don't want to pray. Well, if you're a Christian, suck it up and do it because you have nothing to compare compared to Joseph. <laughs> if he could do it, And he's a real sinful human being, just like us. If he can do it, oh my gosh. Okay, we're... Anyway. Let's pray. (laughs) I didn't know what time it was. (laughs) Lord, um, I'm talking too much, but I want to pray that um, you will... God, we need your help. We need to break through the walls. Um, We don't know how... But, Lord, you're calling this church and the people who are part of this church to uh, be that army you're calling. God, we need your grace. Help us to get through this wall. Um, you can do it, and um, may we do it together. Um, thank you, God, for your grace and loving and kindness to us. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name.